so I was I was doing the Greenpeace podcast. Yeah. I was just running up the episode. And I went on to do um just to find some stories mm. as I would do for, you know, part one. Yeah. And it was um American election, who mm. uh, who are the leaders and candidates yeah. for for environmentalism? Yeah. I think it had, it had ma- massive candidates early in the year. And then yeah. it just whittled yeah. down after we after we've got to, mm. you know, the two big runners, Biden yeah. and Trump. Mm. And it was here's a environmental here's a Greenpeace environmental score. Yeah. For each of the candidates. Mm. And Biden was like 75.5 out of 100. Okay. Because he supported a Green New Deal. Yep. And he supported not using fossil fuels. And no fracking. Yeah. And it is a huge spiel. He's back to that. And at the very bottom, it goes praise, thumbs up, and then thumbs down with shame. Okay. So I think if you click on those, it'll create a Facebook sort of hyperlink. And then you can post onto your Facebook site Mm -hmm. and then they would pop up and say, I support blah, 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 this person or I shame this person. Okay. Donald Trump. Right. Zero out of 100. And it was like, you know, two lines like, you know, he doesn't support the Green New Deal. He doesn't support that. So who who wants to support the Green New Deal? This is, anyway, this, but this is Greenpeace's website. Yeah. This is very one-dimensional examination on mm. candidates. Because Absolutely. you don't just look at environmentalism. You also look at, say, the people side, the yeah. economy, the yeah. health. Well the, well, the issue is the same, that same, the same thing is happening on the right, where the right have got factions, loud factions, that are one-issue voters, going, are you going to build the wall? Or are you going to dismantle Roe v. Wade? Or are you going to repeal gay marriage? And that's their one thing they're focused on. So they're doing the same sort of problem. So people are driven into these camps of, are, are you pro-X? Are you pro-Y? If you are pro-X, then you are a bad person. If you are pro-Y, you're a good person. Yeah, so now it's now, because I disagree with how you want to select your candidate, mm. you fall into a good and bad evil camp. It's now yeah. black and white, which... There's no way to examine the kind of stuff. And, you know, I found it interesting. I'm going to put it into the next episode, yeah. podcast. Because it's like, really? Zero out of 100. Okay, I can see there's something behind it. Like a little yeah. agenda. Yeah. What I do here in Australia has nothing to do in America. But I feel like in today's world, in Australian culture, is that we are single-issue voters. Yeah. Well, I've, I've heard it said. I kind of agree with... The, I do kind of agree with the idea that Australia is around between five and ten years behind america so what happens in america culturally politically socially it starts to filter through not not everything filters through some stuff stays over there but stuff starts to filter across and it takes about five to ten years for that to happen but it's getting faster but it does reflect it's a reflection point of how influential america actually is as a nation and that it has that that uh, cultural reach into other countries across literally on the other side of the world yeah but anyway anyway we can next now week. start sounds good
We're back with myself, uh, Johnny, and Pat. How you going? Yeah, doing all right. Doing all right. All right, cool. So this is from uh, Huffington Post, and it's about dating app problems. So six common complaints that uh, marriage therapists and relationships and dating coaches hear about dating apps from their single clients. So clients who are seeking a relationship. So number one, being on a dating app feels like a part-time job. It is tiring. It's fatiguing. Number two, we started chatting and then there was radio silence. So there's this ghosting thing. Like, you know, they suddenly just drop off the radar. Number three, I'm matching with the wrong type of person. So there's an expectation. There's a portrayal. Something's not matching up there. Four, first dates feel like interviews and no one lives up to their profile or my expectations. Mm. Number five, online dating feels too superficial. Number six, I'm totally out of decent matches. All right, so Pat. So I've run out, run out of our swipe left and rights. <laughs> you have, we have ran out people in the in the area. What what is what is your thoughts? Are, do you think these are realistic complaints? Are there is it too? Do you think there's more than six? Are there less than six? Mm, I think I think it, I think it differs between person to person. I've I've used online dating yeah. and. Some of those, some of those six do match up with my experience, especially the uh, starting a conversation with someone, and then there's always a t- there's always a pause where you send the message and you have to wait, wait one day, two day, three day, going, are we going to get a response back? And you'll get a response, and you'll go, okay, this is this is promising. Let's start the conversation, and you shoot another message back, and it's one day, two day, you get a response back. Okay, cool, we'll start. We've got the conversation rolling now. Let's ask some questions, and then nothing. And it just disappears, and you're you're left in the lurch because you're going, okay, do I, have I have I said something wrong? Um, ha, I'm not. Have I not understood this whole online dating thing? What do you do? Yeah. So that sounds like number two. Yeah, it does. So, which one of these, like, do you think number two is what you most relate to, or is there any of the other ones? Um, pro- no, pro- pro- probably number two is the my my, my personal experience at least. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm. Can you uh, can you share maybe one of your worst stories? Oh, I, do, I I would I would say I do I don't have any any juicy horror stories of the online dating world, but it, but the idea of starting a conversation up with someone and then I think maybe spending max a week talking back and forth, sending a couple of message um, messages, and then they just disappear. Uh, yeah, so I send a bunch of messages back and forth uh, over a couple of days, and then thinking, okay. We're getting somewhere. We're getting somewhere, and then they just stop talking. I go send a message back, and they go, "Oh, I found so I I found someone in the real world. Uh, see you later." Um, it it it. Go, online dating is a level of opening yourself to be vulnerable. Yeah, taking taking down the shield and op- and opening yourself up, and then almost having the guts kicked out of you time and time again. I was jumping in and out of online dating. So obviously you pay for the subscription. Yeah. I jump in for a month or two, pull back out and carry, carry, carry on with life. Yeah. Every time you face that, every time you face the rejection, you're going, okay, it's kicking the guts. Waste it. Essentially, I have to, have, to, have to go back to go. Don't collect $200. Don't collect $200. Start again. Mm. Uh, so it can, it can get very, very demoralized when you're going, well, I've tried the real world. I haven't been able to find anyone, so I've resorted to this, and it's just as bad. Yeah. Well, at least you got a response back. You know, like sometimes yeah. you just block you and just disappear. Exactly. It's like yeah. 
Or maybe I should not say that. <laughs> I found a way to get around that hunch of that, um, that you know, being kicked in the guts kind yep. of feel. And mm. it's just like, you know what? I'm going to copy and paste and just create a script for myself. <laughs> that works. And therefore, you take emotion out of it. And therefore, mm. I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah. If you want to treat people like a bot, then I'll treat you like a bot. <laughs> of course, yeah. Yeah, but but the whole per- the whole point of online dating is to try to find a build a meaningful relationship with someone so if you're tr- if you're starting out as treating them like a robot you're going to get a robot back so, so my thing is that so you get that superficial relationship is that you sometimes can get too emotionally involved with a person through the text messages mm. because if every question you have is carved out uh with them yeah then if they reject you then you the, the bigger the the risk yes. and the big well, it's a risk in like you know being vulnerable mm. yeah what's well, how, well, how much how much do you let the shield down yeah like do you drop the shield and go okay i'm open mm. or do you go okay let's lower the shield a little bit and let try to see what happens yeah you get and again you get the same thing in the real world but i think that the problems are exemplified mm. in um in the fact in the uh, virtual world yeah I'm trying to dig deep into those six common complaints yeah. uh, presented by Huffington Post and then try to find out what is the problem, mm. what is the underlying cause and factors that lead to these problems. And mm. I think, you know what, and I think we've sort of discussed these in our previous episodes with, say, social media, addictiveness, that kind of yeah. the problems over there, is that these apps are designed to give you an endorphin kick. Oh, yeah. Because these things are monetized and they are they want you to keep paying mm. and sometimes you know what it's probably in the best interest for them to keep you on the hook oh yeah and keep feeding money because the well the the developers or owners of the of all the different dating apps you're a customer you're a paying customer if they want to continue to exist they need to have a um what would you call it? a subscriber base yeah and if those subscribers are getting uh being successful and getting ma- getting matched with people and they're then leaving the platform, you're losing subscribers. Mm. That's bad for business. The whole app ex- virtual experience has, in a sense, been hijacked and it's been turned into, okay, we're now in- adding a commercial element into the equation where there wasn't one, well, there wasn't one originally. If you, a couple, quite a few years ago, one of the ways to meet someone would be going to the bar, for example. And there was no commercial component of compulsion to keep you at the bar. The, the what was it? The, is it bar, barman? No. What's the word? Um, what? The guy who the runs guy, the bar? Yeah, well, the, the guy um, who's pouring the drinks. What are they called? Yeah, barman. Yeah, is that, is that the word? <laughs> I'm, I'm going, is that it? I'm overthinking it. Anyway. So the, the barman, yeah. they aren't interested in making sure that you do not leave the bar. They don't. They don't want you. Uh, you know, can't can't can the analogy. It's, like, it's not working. That's all right. right. Well, well, okay. Let me try to get that. Is that um, these things are addictive, and yeah. they and I guess they they use the human reply, um, the match. You know, when when both of you guys match, whoa, that's another endorphin kick. Yes, and that sort of gets you hooked onto this app. Yep. And then you know what? It's even more scary. Is, is that if it's a free app mm. that doesn't use subscription then you're not really the customer. There, The customer is the advertising base. Yeah. The ads that come in annoy you all the time. You can't skip. Yeah. I don't know even know what they do with the daughter. With people, I think people are just happy to share the daughter. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's just more data, more data for the for the yeah. virtual profile. Uh, I think one thing the is communication, and mm. I, I talk about how much communication is done between face to face, using the telephone, and using email. Mm. And there was a there was an old study um, done by Doctor Merabian. And his research on nonverbal communication, he comes up with the 738-55 rule, which mm-hmm. is communication is 55% body language, 38% tone, 7% on words. Mm. And so if it's face-to-face, then you can see the body language yeah. of the person. You can see the posture, mm-hmm. where they're up, they're down. And you can sort of infer a lot of communication through that yeah. uh, face-to-face contact. And on telephone, you can hear, you know, like customer service, they're happy or they're sad, yeah. uh, they're tired. The tone of voice. Yeah, you can hear that. Now, because dating apps are primarily through text message communication, yeah. then it's a lot of it's now on the words. Yeah. Well, we know that effective communication, you know, if you do it face-to-face, it's only 7% on the words. So the challenge is now that how do you develop this deeper connection with the other person through this uh, app mm. just using text messages yeah. i don't really see how it's feasible it is only effective if you go if you try to eventually move on to face to face yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, oh. it, it is quite interesting the breaking breaking styles of communication down that way yeah so it's it's interesting so this so so communication yeah let me just open this up so so the seven thirty eight fifty five is does that does it have a name? It's uh, the communication. Was it nonverbal communication? Nonverbal communication patterns. Okay. Yeah. So it, so it is interesting these nonverbal communication patterns because I'm looking at this thinking about the workplace because mm. that's establishing working relationships is not the same, but it's similar to establishing a romantic relationship in that you're communicating with people to try and learn learn about them and figure out how they work. Um, build up, build up a relationship, rapport with them. I would be interested if you, if you spent time with your direct colleague on your team at your work, and you only communicated with them for a year via email. You couldn't see them, you couldn't talk to them, couldn't talk on the phone. You just knew them via email, and that was how you communicated and did your job. I'd be curious to see after a year how well you know them as a person or how well you work together as a team. Yeah. I think, you know, we talked about before was that in the lead up was that sometimes office romances blossom. Yeah. Because people are communicating and there's also that non-verbal communication, Mm. which sort of gets them connected. Also, also that you're spending what would be nine nine hours a day, five days a week. We're working with, working alongside them. So, so you, so you sort of see their non- business side because you sort yeah. of know what they're like and exactly. you're observing them exactly um, but, right. it is, but it is inter- it is interesting we've essentially taken out uh, what is what is this is this 92 93 we've, we've taken out 93% of our communication avenues forming romantic attachments or relationships or establishing that with people we're focusing on that 7% that yeah. tiny little sliver well, I, I don't think to that establish a foundation, we, a firm foundation. Not not everyone would, but I think some people definitely do over rely on these apps. Oh yeah, yeah. To try to get the ducks lined and roll, and then they'll consider going out on a date face to face. Yeah. Whereas my attitude is that I think I see it as a tool to meet people. 
Yes. Meet up in a safe space in a public, maybe a shopping center or yeah. McDonald's or a coffee place mm. out in the open. Yeah. And then you can sort of well, see what it is beyond yeah. the the apps, which, you know what, those photos, I mean, I'm pretty sure that some of them will have filters on them, right? Oh, yeah, of course they will. Yeah. yeah. Well, we've spoken, we've spoken about this with regards to social media, is that what you're doing in social media is you're putting forward this uh, highly... Polished? Pol- yeah, highly polished highly refined refined best best expression of yourself but it's not you it's your best qualities or what you think are your best qualities and none of none of the real like no one is no one is perfect we've got our strengths but we've also got our weaknesses what you see on on everyone's social media is all your all the good qualities all the strengths all the positives and we've banished all the negatives mm. because negatives are not good. You don't want to, people to see that you're uh, all, all your faults, all, all your faults, what's and all. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, and I think one of the things that we were talking about last time, I think, was in the how would people fail at finding love was the, mm. you know, Maslow's Mountain is that we over, we over expect, you know, and demand from these apps yeah. to find our soulmate and yes. to find the person that will self-actualize us and give us yes rather rather than fi- rather than finding meaning uh rather than fight we were looking for meaning in the other person that they're going to come in and fix all the problems that are within you without realizing i'm a broken person the person that i'm with or my, my partner is a broken person together we are broken people that's just how it works maybe not broken maybe like imperfect imperfect probably better yeah yeah broken has a (laughs) broken has a little was it loaded meaning that is that is true that is true yeah and i think you know what you put that i'm gonna be be in trouble later for saying that you you have the expectation on that and you're treating these apps like you know amazon or ebay you put in the right search criteria and boom that person will come up and you know what you can be you're gonna be disappointed oh yeah there's this consumer mindset um, you reduce people to the screen, you know, the size of the screen in the phone, or yeah. that photo, or you, that you, you become content. a user. You become a user ID at that point. Yeah, and, yeah. And you know what? How would you like it if you, were, someone else, see you as a, you know, consumer product? Of course, of course, you'd be revolted by the idea. But I think we've more easily accepted that, especially over the last 10, 20 years, and that just becomes second nature to us now. Yeah. Oh, what was that story that um, the career? So not a career. Uh, that was the the failing at love one. Was that you know successful? Was I, I believe it was a footballer in in, in Victoria or somewhere like that. And it was like a, a model model. And then they had like a really good kids, um, really good relationship. And then they said a Twitter announcement saying we just broke up. Uh, and why is it? Because we felt like we were growing apart from each other. Okay. It's like you you had this, you know people would die just to have that kind of relationship. Yeah. Why is it? Oh, we felt we weren't growing together. The failing of that is a host of societal ills. You can look at our Bachelor Bachelorette TV series, the broken the broken wreckage of marriage of the marriage institution in Hollywood, the trivialization of it. You can you can point to all these problems. I think that online dating is just one more log in the fire of that. And I I, I think you're right. Is that there's there's an aspect of we've we've lost the purpose or the, or the real the the focus of what technology is supposed to do it's supposed to help enhance our lives in the real world and instead you're right we were we've taken this perfect perfect representation of me and put it on into a screen 
is that we've taken technology and it has become our world. Mm. And I, I, I emotionally, socially, I don't think that's incredibly healthy. That, that's the problem here. Yeah. I was just going to ask you some of your thoughts about, you know, maybe is this a relationship thing or is this more of the hookup culture? Mm. So, the, you know, the other apps, the more notorious ones, be like, you know, yes, Tinder, Tinder, Tinder's and Tinder Bumble and yes. Hinges, all kind of stuff. And it's like, you read the profiles of some of these people. And it's yep. like, you must be six foot tall to be, you know, oh, yes. con- considered. Otherwise, swipe left. Yeah. I don't want to see. It's like, <laughs> if you're a guy, um, if you're not six foot tall, don't even bother. It's like, you know what? Can, can I wear I don't know, stilts or platform shoes? Will that work? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think there's that superficiality attached to it. Oh, yeah. And we've, we've always had, in some ways, it's, it's grown over these, but there's always been this idea of the casual hookup culture in some form or some way. It's probably exponentially grown, especially over the last couple of years. And these, te- these uh, new ways to connect, such as Tinder and whatnot, have made it easier to or more visible almost in a way but it's it's always it's always been there but it's being held up as a model standard of going you want to find someone use this use this app we we are more successful than all our competitors mm. and you're going that's not real it, it's superficial yeah so but you think about it, people Lots of people are using using these tools, and you're going, well, they're not even tools. You, they they're using these these apps, and they're then they're not offering anything of real value or long lasting substance. Yeah. So I was trying to dig in. Okay, what's beyond? You know, we talked about some of the issues and problems. What is behind the problem? You know, and I think first of all, it's not a substitute for real life. No. And and I think it was a study that I picked up was um, Jeffrey A. Hall. Mm. How many hours does it take to make a friend uh, from 2018? Mm. And they did a study about university students uh, when they first get into university and then they tracked the food survey saying, you know, over the semester, how many friends did you make and then what did you do and, and how many contact hours there were? And they found that it requires about average 100 hours of contact to form a good impression of these other person. So if you want to make go from acquaintance to casual friend, it's yeah. 50 plus hours. Mm. Casual friend to friend, 100 plus hours. Yeah. Friend to best friend is 200 plus hours. So the quality, there's a, there's a quantity of time attached to it as well yeah. as a quality of time. Mm. And you can't substitute that through text messages yeah. and online dating. Yeah. Uh, so you need to get to meeting that person. And I can understand that the impressions that the world we ha- we live in right now, there's more risk, there's more danger out there. And online dating does offer a bit of a safety net of making sure that the person that you do go and meet, meet face-to-face isn't a threat, isn't dangerous. But at the same token, staying behind, staying behind that shield isn't nah i've lost it lost it all right cool that's right uh the other one is uh there needs to be an attitude change um and i think it is it is taking that risk in meeting that person Mm. and and so there are some people out there who will use the app and they'll say you know if i want to meet that face to face uh if i want to meet face to face then um from this text messages i need to be absolutely convinced that i got all information i need Mm. And to have all my ducks in a row. Yeah. 
And what this does is actually contradicts with the science, which is that sometimes we uh, we we get a better impression from face to face. That there was a quote, I guess, from uh, Dan O'Reilly saying that online dating is a, a singles market greatest failure mm-hmm. because online dating, if you do that, if you use it that way, it is like cookie tasting by reading the ingredients. That's what he said. Right. And then it's also too much information. Like we have all these search engines, we put yeah. in all these um, pull down. Uh, buttons and, and then we can select the criteria yeah. it's actually not a good predictor of good relationships yeah. so filtering out these people because you, you yeah you because you, you're actually right onto something there because what I what you would go in is go okay I'm I want to meet a want to meet a girl she she has to be within a certain age range I want someone who has this color hair this height these interests and you start putting in the filters and you start narrowing down your search parameters you might meet someone completely different that you weren't looking for weren't expecting like how how it used to happen yeah but there's a market for these uh filters and the, yeah and and a search engine function oh yeah and they and the different apps then offer and promote we have the best filters we have the best way to narrow your search criteria down to find your perfect uh soulmate mm but we want a lot of information from these ones from mm, these apps yeah but we're really bad at analyzing making good judgment yes after we get the search yeah, results so, so not so not being able to here's an interesting thought mm-hmm. um is having access to all the world's information via google has it made us smarter or shall we say less adept at critical thinking have, we've had, we have access to everything now. I think it's yeah. This is that laziness aside to it because yeah. I just you know if I just type it in the question in there, then I get the results. Yes, but I'm not analyzing. I'm not applying critical judgment. Critical judgment, yeah. exactly. So yeah. discernment. Yeah. So we have this plethora of, ser- of these search engine tools to try and find the perfect match for me, but does that actually mean that the person that the one person that they then find is my perfect match. I think actually the like your dating TV reality TV programs, they tr- they put that practice that principle into real life where you have these judges who will, or the producers who will, whittle down the candidates and find and tr- offer you up. This is your perfect match, and the in the grand season finale season finale or whatnot, and they then go, the relationship lasts two weeks or yeah. two months and it's over. Oh, we did it for the for the TV and the fame. Exactly, and the money. exactly. And again, I've got my own, I've got a whole another podcast can be done on um on the uh, the dating relationship reality TV show stuff. You gonna do one for me? <laughs> you gonna write up an episode of this? <laughs> I could try. I could yeah. give it. I could give it a good shot. Cool. Um, but yeah, another another whole episode could be done on on that woeful mess of a mess of a thing. But the same principle is put out where you filter down the person and you go this is your perfect match this is your soulmate yeah does the relationship last not necessarily and, and you know what i was going to read it about this bit it's about um dataclism so the guys who developed okay cupid mm. it's a guy called christian rudder and he wrote this book um and and i'll just read out from the extracts from it so on january january 15 2013 okay cupid declared love is blind day and remove everyone's profile photos from the site for a few hours. The idea was to do something different and to get a little attention for a new service we were launching at the same time. 
the program has flipped the switch at 9 a.m. Okay. And so new service, OkCupid, was trying to promote a mobile app called Crazy Blind Date. With, the, with a couple of taps on the screen, it would pair you with a person that's like a place nearby and a time in the near future for the two of you to meet. The app provided an interface to let both parties confirm, but there was no way for anyone to directly communicate before the, before okay. the day. So it, it just said, you know, connect you two. Yeah. And you could not do any talking be, at all before be, that. Be here at this time, at this place. Mm. Uh, Crazy Blind Date recorded not only the, the fact that Data A and Data B met in person, but also their opinions of each other. So after each completed date, like a nosy roommate, the app asked oh, how it went. Because most of the users also had OkCupid accounts, we were able to cross-reference this data with all kinds of demographic details. We suddenly had an in-person records to combine with our massive collection of digital interactions. Mm. We merged the two sources. You find something remarkable. The two people's looks had almost no effect on whether they had a good time, no matter which person was better looking or by how much, even in cases where one blind dater was a knockout and the other rather homely. The percent of people giving the dates a positive rating was constant. Attractiveness didn't matter. Mm. This data from real dates turned everything I've seen in ten years of running a dating site on its head. Well, yeah, well, it, that's actually that, it's an it's an interesting story because one one blocker that gets in the way is that as humans we are visual creatures where we are highly motivated by visual stimuli. Yeah. So it's a it's a it's a very govern is a it's a very key motivator in what drives us to make decisions and motivates us to choose option A or option B. So obviously, it's an inter- It's a very interesting experiment. But but yeah, and, and it's like you have this app it has all the signs, it has all the filters, it has all the percentage matches. Yeah, will recommend you matches. Yep. And it went, you know what? Let's just do you know random. Yeah. And it just works. Yeah. As well. Yeah. So so uh, so. The, the person who's run, who's, who runs the website, he's collected all this stuff, he knows how to make a high-performing pro- or, or a successful product. Yeah. And by removing the filters, removing the matching, and just randomly, you, the person A, person B, go. Person C, D, go. Off, and just creating those matches, it's just as successful. It's just and, as and effective. And knowing that, they've got their... You know, normal dating history, and said, "You know what? We co- compare that with the random dating one, with the crazy blind date. It was constant." Mm. So I'll finish off what he says: is that dating sites are designed to give people the tools and information to get whatever they want out of being single, casual sex, mm. a few fun dates, a partner, a marriage, anything, stuff like height, political views, photos, essays. All of it is right there, easily sortable, easily searchable. Mm. It's there to help people make judgments and fulfill the desires. And as fascinating as those judgments and desires may be to pick apart, there's a side of it that one sorry, there's a side of it that I think does love a disservice. People make choices from the information we provide because they can, not because they necessarily should. So I can't think of the many people getting turned down because of some perceived deal breaker that actually no one cares about and wonder if the internet has changed romance in the way it's changed so much else. Mm. And for the same reason, if I may channel my, my inner anti, is it Jaeger? Online, you can always get what you want, but what you need, it's a much harder thing to end. Mm. Well, we, we make so many flash judgments, quick judgments on 
people's virtual digital profile you go look at their if i've met, if i'm trying to get to know someone i look them up on facebook go what are your interests oh you like that movie you like that uh that celebrity that politician that book you go oh i'm making flash judge quick judgments on all these ancillary topics and at you're forgetting that there's a actual living breathing person who actually might have very a very interesting life story, very interesting life experiences, things that they that they are bringing bring into your world, mm. and if you're making those slash judgments on hair color, height, uh, job, salary, photo, and just going nope, skip, 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 you're you're missing something. You're missing out on something. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, what is the solution? Or what's the thing that's un- underlying a problem? I think it's, you know what, these dating apps are designed to, well, how you should use it is mm. to give yourself a chance to meet up with a person. That is, you know, I, I think to even form that good judgment, that opinion is not through these text messages, but, you know, try to get, I think is trying to get two dates. Yeah. The first harmless coffee, first impressions kind of thing. Mm. So that you your fears are, subside and then the other one i think is to see them under stress because you know we all have masks mm. and then after a while we they drop the mask because of stress yeah and then then you can sort of see the real person underneath mm. it um i think you need to move away from being a pen pal and to going face to face um stop enge- engaging in fatiguing co- chat conversations mm. and range the meetup mm. and, and it was what was it that um some of the greatest fears in, in dating is it like um, women, women are, f- are afraid of serial killers meeting online? <laughs> so you know what? Just meet up in a shopping center, meet up in a public place. Um, that way they won't be able to, you know, kill you there. <laughs> um, what else? There is that. Seeing the whole person in person. So you can't judge, you can't develop a good judgment on a person mm-hmm. just through text. We talk about the communication yeah. rule. Yeah. Um, you need to rack up those hours. Uh to you know develop from a casual acquaintance mm. to best friend yeah but don't force it but it develops over time right yeah. uh, so you, you you're not going to instantly feel the the, the, the rush of chemicals that the romance chemicals pretty much immediately after one or two dates no. it's like that's how it doesn't happen all the time so yeah yeah uh, so I think you know we are we are human contra- contradictions. Mm. What, what we say we want is very different from mm. what we actually what we actually want. need. But yeah, what we need because yeah. you know, the the crazy blind date experiment. That yeah, okay, Cupid. They showed that. Mm. Uh, yeah, and you know I'll, I'll read off with uh, a study. Mm. With um, I'll finish off with a study. Mm. It's called Online Dating: A Critical Analysis from the Perspective of Psychological Science, 2012, by yeah. Finkel, Eastwick, Carney, Reese, and Spiritual. And Finkel is the same guy we talked about, the Maslow's Mountain. Yeah. That's the same guy. He goes, regarding access, it can be difficult to learn about potential partners from their profiles. Not only is modest misrepresentation widespread, but people seem to lack the ability to determine from a profile which potential partners will be especially compatible with them once they meet in person. In addition, the process of browsing profiles side by side is likely to cause users to overweight features of potential partners that are easily that are easy to evaluate through profiles, but might be largely irre- irrelevant once a relationship starts to develop. Side by side browsing is likely to induce an assessment mindset, 
causing users to commoditize potential partners. Mm. Furthermore, many sites provide users with a lot, very large number of profiles, causing them to use time-efficient time but minimally thoughtful strategies for choosing among them and potentially reducing their willingness to commit to any one partner. Moreover, many of these sites allow users to make unlimited selections, contacting hundreds of potential partners, which can cheapen the value of being contacted and overwhelm the most desirable potential partners. Thus, although offering users a chance to consider a great many potential partners in a simple, easy-to-use and safe format may provide valuable opportunities at little cost, our analysis suggests that current practices are likely to reduce the value that users receive from their participation. Mm. So here he's saying is that, you know, you can have the, the best app, but it's the person who's making these strategies of determining what's the best person for them yeah. that is likely to make the mistake here. Mm. Anyway, I, I, you know what? I was going to ask you uh, a few things. You know, what was something that you found was the most relatable mm. when we were going through all these studies and, and this uh, discussion that we have? Well, through this conversation, we've obviously spoken about a lot of the negative aspects that are associated to online dating. And, even to this day, I have a very dim view of it, which is, for me, highly ironic because it, I somehow used online dating to actually make it work. Yeah. So having met, having met someone and married someone, I met I met through the, through the internet, which is, again, I go that's a really highly ironic story for me because I used to bag on online dating to no end, and honestly, still do because I'm looking at it. I'm look. I think I'm looking at it from a through a critical lens, going there's a lot of problems here. Yeah. Now, at the end of the day, the, pro- the problem is that these are like the relationships, more often than not, were shallow. The one one turning point for me though was turning it on its head and going, okay, what's what's the purpose of being here? Is it just to have these casual chats, casual interactions, or go in, go in looking for some looking for purpose, looking for some something to get out of? The online dating experience and using it for its actual what i saw its actual purpose being which was to meet someone and meet someone face to face setting those like setting those expectations up while you do get knocked back time and time again the whole the whole system is not designed to work i don't think though i, can't, I come back to that point so i think it's... i don't i don't i don't think that it's it might be good to try it might be good to get to well they might the apps might be useful to get conversations started but on the whole they're not designed to go any further than that so at the end of the day we've tried to use technology to interfere in something that really it shouldn't be in it shouldn't be here it should it shouldn't be in the relationship building space yeah well i think it's because people treat it as the relationship tool their their primary tool yeah but it is only just one of many tools yeah and eventually you still need to go back to you know human social skills yeah stuff meeting meeting with people face to face in the real world yeah the only reason why it's so popular now is that you know it opens up a whole bunch of market around your area which which you would never meet right normally well and people are just generally time poor oh absolutely like well uh my now wife and i we, we were living on two opposite ends of the city yeah so go figure but and again, I, I know that it's interesting because I'm well. It's a, it's in a sense hypocritical because I'm I'm bagging on the negatives of this technology, 
which I, and I still, I still think that there's a lot of negatives and things that we need to sort out with this, with using this technology to replace building relationships. But somehow I actually managed to get it, get it to work for me. So, mm. but to, to, to this day, I've got no idea how I, ma- how I managed to get that to happen. Thank you for listening to this episode about online dating. I think that from today's episode, we see that online dating has pros and cons. How effective it's used depends on the user themselves. It requires some effort to create an engaging online conversation, but that is only a means to meet face-to-face, which is where the real relationship starts. We can't get all our needs met through text messaging since words are only a very small percentage of communication. We need to be bold and take a risk at meeting people even if they don't meet every criteria. As Finko and Rada point out, there is so much information on the application, but it's the human that makes the judgment. However, humans can often make bad decisions. I still present caution to using these applications because they're only there to monetize use, and if it's free, then that means you're not the customer. Finally, I think being intentional with what you want from these applications will help you with success. Don't treat the person on the other line like a commodity or product to serve you. Be clear with what you want and communicate it. And that's all for today. You can reach us at thefireinadesert at gmail.com or Twitter at fireinadesert. Music is out Foxing the Fox by Kevin McLeod at www.incontact.com. Please share and like this episode so it motivates me to make more content for you guys. And thank you for listening to The Fire in the Desert, conversations about life, culture and society.